You know, I wish we'd go ahead and get this meeting started. I gotta be somewhere by nine. Why nine? Well, they're they're showing this old Gunsmoke TV show on uh, on MeTV, and this one's continued because you know I'm old enough to know what Gunsmoke is. Um, Miss Kitty and Matt Dillon are on that ferry ride, and they're going down the waterfall. And uh, Matt Dillon's got his arm in a cast, and Miss Kitty's getting seasick from the river, and it's about to go off the waterfall. It's just done got real good. I just gotta go see it. Well, let me tell you, the ferry hangs on a snag and stops. And Festus arrives with the cavalry, and they catch the outlaws and lasso the ferry, and they give Miss Kitty some laudanum. I saw it last week on another channel. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Sam? You just ruined it for me. You doggone it, you just ruined it for me. Well, now you can stay for the whole meeting. <laughs> All right, man, calm down, calm down. Let's get this meeting started. Do you have any old business? Wait, 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 Joe. Don't you think we ought to start this meeting off with a prayer? Yeah, we can start with a prayer. But it's hard to get anybody to pray. Well, I think we should have prayer. We all need all the help we get, you know. Okay, Fred, you're volunteering. No, no. Oh, man. Oh, now. I'm not going to. Uh-uh. No, I can't pray in front of folks. I don't never know what to say. All right. Who wants to say the opening prayer? Fellas, uh, I'll be happy to say the opening prayer, but, but first let me introduce myself. I'm the new pastor here at Chubb Lake Baptist Church, and uh, I'm glad to be here. And all I ask is that uh, at the end of your meeting, I have just a, just a few minutes to talk to you if I could. That'll be fine. Just don't ask for five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's pray. Father, we thank you to be here. We pray that your business is dispensed, Father, that we do it cheerfully, joyfully, and we have good fellowship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, for our first order of business, Homer, how's the financial report? It ain't pretty. <laughs> What do you mean, Homer, it ain't pretty? Well, first I gotta pay for patching the hole in the ceiling. Ceiling? What happened to the ceiling? Well, the whole Edgar blowed in the ceiling with a shotgun when Edgar gooched him in the ribs. <laughs> okay. What else you got? Well, we had to pay for repairing an electrical wire. An electrical wire? Yeah, the one that Started the fire in the attic when Edgar's buckshot shorted it out. <laughs> Wait a minute, we had a fire? Great day, what else? Let's, don't get your britches in the bunk, Joe. <laughs> Me and Edgar had the fire put out pronto. But we had to pay for a pretty big hole that we had to put in the roof to put the fire out. So the buckshot put a little hole in the roof? No, we, we had to cut a hole in the roof to put the fire out. Okay. Right. You've got to pay for that, too. Is that all? Well, not quite. <laughs> it was right big hole, but uh, we had to pay to replace the gutter. A gutter from yeah. the buckshot? Yeah. One Edgar, Edgar tried to hang on to it and fell off the roof. <laughs> 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 
Pedro fell off the roof? Is he hurt? No, he wasn't hurt. Well, thank goodness for that. Yeah, but we had to pay for getting a dent out of Jake Oakley's truck hood. <laughs> a dent? Why? That kind of broke Edgar's fall when he fell off the roof. <laughs> okay, well, at least Edgar's not hurt. Is that all? Yep. Except for the cell phone. Cell phone? Yeah, What's Edgar kind of landed on the cell phone that was put that rectangle shape in rectangle shape in the hood of the truck when he fell on it. And it it broke his uh, cell phone and speaking of broke, we're broke. <laughs> <laughs> we got four dollars and two cents left in it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Alright. We'll just have to come up with some kind of fundraiser. Are there any suggestions from the floor? We could have a yard sale. I got a bunch of junk. A lot of stuff we could save. <laughs> hey, that might just work. Has anybody else got any junk? I mean, stuff that they can sell. You know, I got a satellite dish I can sell. Does it work okay? No, but you can put it on your roof and make an impression neighbors. <laughs> Y'all listen up. Gather up all the stuff you can find. Bring it to the yard sale. We're going to do it next Saturday. I can't be here next Saturday. I promised my wife I'd take her on a special shopping trip next Saturday. She loves to shop, and I promised I'd do something extra special and nice for her on her birthday. Bring her shopping at the yard sale. <laughs> that might work. Okay. If there's no further business, come on up here, Reverend. <coughs> Give us your talk. <coughs> Obviously, come out of Theresa Baptist Church. <laughs> In all seriousness, Jesse Duncan made this a long time ago. Thank you for allowing me to speak, fellas. But first, I want to invite you all to our church services. If you don't have a home church, we're not about stealing people away. But if if you don't have a home church, you're more than welcome. And secondly, I, as I sat here and thought uh, and began to wonder, why is it so hard? For people to pray in public. What is it about praying in public uh, that scares people? Why, surely I would like to think that folks are not ashamed of Jesus because he says that if we're ashamed of him, he's going to be ashamed of us. Now, now Reverend, Reverend, I, I'm just going to say this. I'm not, I'm not ashamed, you know, of Jesus, but I sure am ashamed of myself because I don't have all these fancy words and things that I can say to these people. Well, you know, I don't think Jesus cares how pretty the words are as long as they are sincere and they come from your heart. You know, we can talk to God like we're talking to a friend. Be honest. Be yourself. Be sincere. You know, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. But now you have to remember, a selfish prayer might not be answered because God knows what is best for us. And you got to remember that even Jesus, God's son, spent a lot of time praying. He prayed long and he prayed often. Wait a minute. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, why did Jesus pray? Well, he didn't have to. He was God, one in the flesh. You know, you just answered 
a key part of your own question. You see, Jesus was God in the flesh. He was all God and He was all man. He was here to experience what being a man was like. With the same feelings, the same temptations, the same joys and sorrows and pain, the same things that we all go through. And it kept the human side of Him focused, if you would. And He had to stay in constant contact with God the Father in order to carry out His earthly mission. So if Jesus needed to pray, men, I, I think that we need to pray even more. Now I'm sure that He prayed for a lot of people. He prayed for His disciples. He prayed for His family. He prayed for the world. Why? He even prayed for those that killed Him. And do you remember the night in the garden? The last night He was with His disciples? He prayed that night. He prayed long. He prayed hard. The Bible says that the, the sweat came off of him like drops of blood. He was praying for strength, that, that God would take that cup from him, but if that wasn't to be the case, that he would have the strength to carry out God's plan. So he prayed, and he prayed often. The disciples even asked, Teacher, teach us how to pray. And he gave them a model prayer. And I'd like to talk with you about that. It begins, Our Father who art in heaven. Now here we acknowledge God as the Father, as the creator of all, from the smallest atom to the biggest star, to you and me. God created it all. And Jesus is preparing a place in heaven for all who accept and believe. Hallowed be thy name. Now God deserves and expects respect from us as true Christians. Thy kingdom come. The earthly part of God's kingdom begins the hour that we accept Jesus Christ in our life as our personal Savior. Now, if we say we accept Him, but we don't feel any different or we don't act any different, well, then maybe we need to re-examine what's going on. We need to take another look at that relationship that we have. The true kingdom begins with salvation, and it continues through earthly death into eternity on to heaven. Thy will be done. No matter what we pray for, don't you think that God knows best? After all, He is in control. He has a plan that we can't foresee. So let's pray that that plan is done and that we could do that plan on earth as it is in heaven. You see, here on earth we have a choice. In heaven, God's perfect will prevails. Our prayer should be that we would seek to and obey His will here on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. We should ask for our basic needs to be provided. But notice that we should pray for others because it says give us our daily bread. It doesn't say give me my <coughs> daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we better pray with a forgiving heart. We better pray with biblical forgiveness. The kind of forgiveness that Jesus Christ had. Because he gave many times without having to be asked. Lead us not into temptation. Let us pray daily that God helps us resist temptation and even leads us away from it. Our lives are surrounded by so many temptations today that only with God's help can we resist. But deliver us from evil. Evil is all around us. Some of it is disguised as good. It's telling that in today's society that Many of the things that were bad are now good, and many of the things that were good are now bad. We need to pray that God will help us to
to refrain from doing evil and protect us from the evil done by others. For thine is the kingdom. God's kingdom is real and it's available to us if we truly believe and act accordingly. The power and the glory. God is all powerful. So why do we often not have the faith to realize that God can do whatever he chooses? He can do any and all things. And we need to take every and all thing to him. Pray that we live in such a way that we will experience God in his glory someday in heaven. Forever. In heaven. Forever. All the time. As far as the east is to the west. Never ending. Amen. Now amen is optional. Remember we talk to God like we're talking to a friend. Anytime, all the time. The line is never busy. We never get put on hold. and We never have to talk into an answering machine. God hears the biggest, the smallest, the loudest, and the most quiet prayer if it comes from a sincere and believing heart. Joe, thank you. I'm going to let you fellas finish up the meeting. Thank you, preacher. I say we adjourn this meeting after a closing prayer. I'd, I'd like to do that, Joe. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this meeting and the message that we heard. And thank you for hearing all our prayers, plain or pretty, large or small. May your will be done in Jesus' name. Good morning. Um, I was uh, asked to share a little bit this morning. I was told to take as much time as I needed, uh, but I don't need that much time. So, <laughs> uh, I'd like to uh, pray before I start. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you that you uh, give us a chance to gather in your house today. And Lord, that you speak to us through the message we've already had and through the music. And Lord, I pray that what's in your word will come forth and um, and reach our hearts today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, I don't want to get up here and talk about me. I'm, uh, I said this morning I'm the worst Baptist man in here. And now that a few of the other ones have left, uh, I'm sure I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, really, I am thankful that God has been patient with me and dealt with me and answered my prayers. And, um, and I know he does that for many, for all of us. So, uh, so just from a, you know, a humble heart, I want to share some things that I think God wants me to say this morning. And the first part, I, I want to share some things that doing mission work that I believe God has taught me. And, and then I want to challenge men with three Three things before I close. Um, you know, in doing and trying to serve God and share the gospel, uh, I've learned that it takes love and compassion. And I think a good illustration of that is in Guatemala, the place we've we've gone um, is in a town called Shela in the mountains in Guatemala. There's two big volcanoes nearby, and sometimes they are erupting um, ash and stuff. It's pretty neat, but. Uh, but the missionaries there are Roger and Vicky Grossman, 
and a Guatemalan young man serves with them, and he's an evangelist. And he goes to this place and that place. He teaches young people. He works with uh, teenagers and churches. But he goes village to village and tries to witness. And part of their ministry is to take uh, nurses and um, people, nutritionists, to these remote places and, and to, um, to share the gospel and serve the people's, meet the people's needs. In one village they were going to, uh, like there was a witch doctor there, and he told them that uh, the, America, the uh, Christians couldn't, couldn't come back and because they were going to be cursed if if that went on. Well, the mayor was like agreeing to this, and um, and it took a lot of persistence to keep going back there and be allowed to meet with the people and to um, share the gospel in that town. And Marco had a small group that would meet with him on some night of the week, and they told him that down the road there was a man who was sick, and Marco went to visit this man who was sick. And um, over time, he became, got to know him. This man told Marco that, that he was a bad man, and everybody knew that he was a bad man, and that God didn't want him, and he knew God wouldn't have any part of him. Well, Marco got uh, Vicky, the missionary, to go and to bring a doctor to see uh, the man. And they determined he had a tumor of some kind, and he needed an operation to live. And Vicky and the missionaries, they... They paid for the man to have an operation in Guatemala City. And the only way to get him there was Marco, you know, rented a car and carried him five and a half hours to Guatemala City to have an operation. And in the hospital there, after the surgery, one of the nurses came to Marco and she said, uh, you are really good to your father. And he said, well, this is not my father. And she said, well, he must be your uncle. And Marco said, well, actually, we're not related. And she said, what? She said, you are better to this man than anybody in my family would be to me. And he said, she said, why is that? And he said, let me tell you about Jesus. And Marco got to share the gospel with the nurses and the doctors in the hospital in Guatemala City. And a number of them became Christians. And when the man recovered and went back home, he joined the church there and became a Christian. And the church there knew God had done something wonderful, and it really grew. And that village up there in the mountains, now their church uh, does mission work to the other places around. And the, that's the way the gospel spreads. But, um, but God showed me through that that it takes love and compassion. And that is not natural to me. He has to give that to us. But that's the way uh, God sh- shares the gospel. Um, the other, one of the other things is that uh, God showed me that I can't do it. And uh, there's people in here that have been on mission trips or, or worked with people they work with to try to meet their needs, and you realize that you're inadequate. And uh, we went in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We went to a mall there, and we had to go up to strangers and introduce ourselves and share the gospel with them. Uh, that was part of the thing on that mission trip. And I couldn't do it, you know. Not that I couldn't say the words and all, but I realized that I can't convert people and I can't convince people. But the good news is that when you realize that you can't do it, that's when God can do it. He can take over. That's, uh, that's his responsibility. Um, the Great Commission uh, in Matthew 28, the beginning part of it, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And he sends them out to be his witnesses. 
But Jesus has the authority, and he gives us that as we go in his name. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of Canada, Ian McFarlane is a the pastor there, and he shared his testimony with us when, when we were there. And he was in a bad car accident and in like a coma and lots of stuff. But, but God appeared to him, Jesus appeared to him, and he really told him that he loved him. And that changed Ian's life. He was a pastor before that, but afterwards he was a different person. And something he has on his uh, website in Canada now is um, an article that says, um, Is Jesus enough for you? You know, we, we live our lives where there's all these other things we want, but is Jesus enough for you? And Jesus is the thing you had to have to share it. You can't share the gospel if you don't have Jesus. And the early church, when um, Jesus ascended and sent the people out after the Great Commission, the early church, they knew that Jesus was everything, everything to them. And that's how they had the gospel to share. Um, so, you know, I can't do it. It takes love and compassion. But God can do that because Jesus is everything. So missions is all about Jesus. You've got to have him to share him. Uh, one of the other things that God showed me was that when we would go on mission trips, we would spend a week or a weekend focusing on other people and focusing on the Lord. And that was so different than every day of the rest of my life. You come back and you go to normal, you know, with um, thinking about everything else. And not that we can't think about other things, but our focus is wrong. And that's what God showed me, that the, my focus was right for one week of my year, but wrong, you know, 51 other weeks of my year. So um, so that kind of leads me to what, what I want to talk about this morning, um, really for, for men. This is Baptist Men's Day, and I'd like to challenge men a few things. I don't want to tell you you need to go on a mission trip because I think you do. Uh, I think you think it's great. But, but that's not a good reason for you to go on a mission trip because I said to do it. What I want you to do is follow God with your life. And he'll, he'll have you witness to people next door, in your family, where you work, and around the world. That's what God will do. So, so my challenges this morning to men are... Um, answer the call to follow him. You know, we got to be serious about our faith. It's easy to uh, to grow up in a church, to get saved at 12 years old, and live the rest of your life with that in your past. But the gospel is something that changes our heart every day. So, so we got to be serious about what's going on in our spiritual lives. Um, uh, David Platt is a pastor that's written some books about sharing the gospel, and he says that Scripture teaches that unconditional surrender is what becoming a Christian is. And I want to read Mark ten seventeen through 22. And as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to Jesus and knelt before him and began asking him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And the man said to Jesus, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. 
And looking at him, Jesus felt love for him, and he said, One thing you lack, go sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But at these words his face fell, and he went away grieved, for he was one who owned much property. You know, what does that speak, what does that say to us, to you and me? Jesus, no, he did not tell everyone that he met to sell everything they had, give it to the poor, and follow him. But Jesus was telling this man that Jesus had to be number one in his heart. And that's true for you and me as well. There's other things that we have that we put our faith in. This man had his faith in in what he possessed. And um, we have to turn loose of those things to follow Christ. And Jesus said, follow me. So following him is, is he's going somewhere. He's going somewhere in your life. He's going somewhere in our church. He's going somewhere in Person County and in around the world. Jesus is, is on the move. And so we got to follow him. And, um, you know, I will share that in my life I've had uh, reluctance, you know, to, to give up control and to follow him. And, you know, I've always wondered, you know, at different times I've said, Lord, what is it going to be like? What are you going to ask me to do, you know? Are people going to know all my sins? Are, am I going to have to, you know, follow you in my finances? Will I not be able to buy anything that I want to buy, you know? It, giving up control to the Lord is a hard thing, and it's a struggle. But God, he works with us. And, um, and what I have found is that when you give in to God, he is better than you ever thought. That's the testimony of God working in my life and in, and in your, y'all's lives, that God, uh, he blesses when we give control to him. So if I'm in control, I'm full of myself, I'm not full of Jesus, and um, other people notice that. They can tell that we're living for ourselves. Um, Matthew thirteen forty four. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found and hid, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. That man showed unconditional surrender, giving up everything for the Lord. Uh, the next thing is love Jesus with all your heart. That's um, that's a way to radically change your life. And when we love Jesus with our heart, we want to spend time with Him. We want to pray. And we want to serve him. We have a desire then. And how, how do we get that love for Jesus? Well, the good thing is, First um, John 4, 9, because he first loved us. We can grow close to Jesus because he provides the love that comes to us. Let's see. In John 15, the whole chapter is full of love. Jesus is talking to his disciples before he's going to be crucified before he's arrested, and uh, he says, Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So the key word to me in loving God is a relationship. It's got to be something that you you participate in, in your life. And we have to value that and foster that. So making Jesus number one in your heart is a love relationship with him. Mm. And the third thing is um, is challenging men to obey him. You know, if we're real about surrendering to him, about following him, about loving him, 
He's going to lead us, and we're going to have to follow. And I'm not talking about uh, a set of do's and don'ts like the Ten Commandments or what to eat or what to wear and what not to eat or drink, those type of things. I'm talking about what you do with your life, um, what's going to be important to you and how you're going to act. So the key word for me in obeying him is faith. God has told us he has a plan for our lives, a reason for our life, and you have to believe that and act on it. In Hebrews 11, it just says, By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Moses did this. By faith, Joshua did this. And God is working through these people, in these people and through these people. And he, when he's doing something, they have to decide that they believe God and are going to do something in faith. Um, you know, faith is not seeing and understanding. Faith is when you don't understand and God still leads you. It's trusting when things might seem impossible. Uh, you know, um, to close my comments, I have another scripture. Let's see. It's Hebrews twelve twenty-eight. It says, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken... Let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service, reverence with reverence and all. Um, the eternal work of Christ is something that cannot be shaken. It cannot be undone. And the promise of him saving us through believing in him uh, is eternal. And because that is, is sure, we can be thankful enough to serve him. Um, I think gratitude plays a part in obeying him by faith. So men today and women, I guess, uh, follow God. Put him number one in your heart. Love him because Jesus loved us. And be obedient because he wants to work in us and through us. If the gospel has not changed your life, you might not have the gospel. And you can't share it. So... um, so at this point, when I, I'm closing, I, I want to say this. Get honest about what's going on in your heart and cry out to him. And in faith, ask, expect him to act. Um, I wish I had this. In my life, there's been times where I recognize that my heart won't right. And one of those comes to mind is when um, Kim and I were married for a few years and we started praying um, that God would put the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Because honestly, when I took inventory myself, I didn't see none of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And um, and things got difficult in our home and in lots of situations. Um, and But God was answering the prayer by working on me. And sometimes he works on us in a in an easy, gradual, you know, step through the light way. And sometimes it's it's in a... Um, in a difficult situation that God works on us, and we can't do anything but surrender, you know. And uh, but the good thing is that God's faithful, and He does answer those prayers when we say, "Lord, you know, I want to be where You want me to be in my life." So, so men, God wants to work in you and through you. He does both things at the same time. He created you. And let's don't waste our lives by living only for ourselves. So we'll have a uh, a hymn of invitation, and I'll be down front if anybody wants to speak to me or pray with me, and um, and then we'll have our baptism after that.
Let's stand and sing hymn number 4.